Well, good morning, Citygate Church and all of our online guests. I trust you are well today. Um, today, I'd like you to turn to 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. Just a couple of small little verses, but they're full of someone's heart for God and how God responded to them. So we're going to be encouraged today. Um, so uh, if you'd like to read from verses 9 and 10 now, it says, Now, um, Jabez was more honourable than his uh, brothers. His mother had called his name uh, Jabez, and it was because I bore him in pain. And so Jabez, um, he called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, that you would enlarge my territory, and that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, and that I may not cause pain. So God granted him that which he requested. Uh, just a couple of little verses, as I say, but they are full of a heart cry. Um, here's somebody um, whose name means pain. I mean, how would you like to be called that? You know, to be called problem, to be called sorrow, to be called grief. I think there's a, a huge power in names. We've named our boys, uh, I've got three boys, according to what we really believed in God they were going to become. There's something very powerful about names. Names are all the way through the Bible. You know, there are times when God would come and adjust someone's name a little bit. Abram to Abraham. Um, you, you know, there's you know, times when somebody got a whole new name. Um, and here's somebody whose mum had such a tough time in giving birth to him, she called him pain. And that obviously stuck with him because at, at his age here, I don't know how old he was, but he was still very conscious that he was called painful because his heart cry, his prayer, was to God for God to really transform his life in order that he didn't cause people pain like he was named. I don't know what you've been called, I don't know what your teachers called you or your parents called you or your friends called you or other people called you, but I want to encourage you today that God can get right into the middle of your situation and completely transform your identity and completely transform your self-worth and your value um, as you see yourself in God. God loves you. God's got a plan for your life. And even if other people have put horrendous... Um, uh, descriptions and and you know titles on your life God can come in and turn it around so today I want to talk about this incredible turnaround that happened in this man's life um, I suppose the first thing is this he he obviously specifically caused his mum pain but there is pain in life there is grief in life there's sorrow there's pain there's discomfort life is not just easy um, I thank God that the Lord Jesus Christ said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But he was not saying that life is easy. He, you know, because we have to be overcomers. If, if it was easy, we wouldn't have anything to overcome. Um, so there's a lot of pain in life. There's a lot of sorrow in life. We all have our fair share and some, I'm sure. And I'm sure, that, I'm sure there are people here in this now who say, you know what, my life has been full of grief and sorrow. And that's a tragedy. But God wants to come in today and he wants to turn it around. Um, I want to encourage you today that as you hear this word, that God's word can come right in to your reality, right into your experience as he did with this man and bring a transformation. The first thing I want to say today is that he was from the tribe of Judah. Now that's a very powerful tribe and it's not insignificant. 
Um, it's a tribe which means to praise God. It means praise. There's something very powerful about praise. Um, at a time when the children of Israel, at any time when the children of Israel were going into new territory, it's as if they'd send out the praise team first. And all of us are experiencing new things in life at the moment. New things, unprecedented things we've not experienced before. Um, you know, there are new challenges and there are going to be new challenges in the future. But I want to encourage you that as we go into brand new territory, send in the praise team first. I'm not talking about the praise band here in Citygate. I'm talking about make sure that the first thing on your lips, the first thing in your mind, the first thing in your day is to praise God. I'm not saying that at 6.30 you jump out of bed and shout hallelujah, but that it's the first in your life, that to praise God is your highest priority. You know what? This man was from the tribe of praise, which always goes first. And he obviously had a heart for God. He said, oh God, you know, he's crying out to God. He was somebody who knew how to praise. This is how we live in victory, is by praising God first. Praise brings the victory. Praise is such a powerful thing. Actually, it speaks of the lion of the tribe of Judah. As you praise God, you become lion-like on the inside. We're not intimidated by circumstances. You know, it actually says in Psalm 8, it says that out of the mouths of babes and sucklings you have ordained praise which silences the enemy and which silences the avenger. There's something about praise and worship which is so powerful in our lives. As we praise God, the enemy has to flee. As we praise God, circumstances have to shut up. Have you ever had circumstances speak to you? I've had circumstances talk to me. I'm always, you know, if ever I talk about this sort of stuff, I think about John Cleese in, in that really funny, uh, you know, series, Faulty Towers, and he's got a problem with his car, and, and he starts to whack this car, and he's having a conversation with the car, saying, right, if you don't start, by the time I count to three, I'm going to give you a darn good thrashing, and he goes, one, two, three, and of course he's having this conversation with this car. Things speak to you. Things speak to you. I'm not saying physically and audibly that you hear in these ears, but things talk to you. You know, um, a whole situation can be saying, you know, it's all going to go wrong or something isn't going to work out for you or, you know, you tried that before and it didn't work. Things talk back to you. But it's so important instead of agreeing with the problem, why don't you start to praise God and the thing will shut up. The thing will have to be silenced and it's really good to silence the enemy and not have all those wars going on in your head. You know, at a time when we're facing all sorts of challenges, let praise come out of your mouth. Thank you, God, I praise you that you're my healer. Thank you, Jesus, I praise you that you're my provider. Thank you, Jesus, I thank you that, and I praise you that you are my Prince of Peace and you quieten every storm around my life. Lord Jesus, I praise you that when you were raised from the dead, you destroyed the works of the enemy. Thank you, Jesus, that you've forgiven me of all my sins and you've washed me in your blood. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You're crowned with many crowns. In your hand is a sharper than any two-edged sword, your word, and your word comes out of your mouth and sets captives free. Come on, why don't you let some praise right now just come out of your mouth and just start to say, thank you, Jesus. I give you glory and praise for your mercies which are new every morning, that your name is great and greatly to be praised. Oh, isn't it good to praise God? The Bible says to praise him out of an upright heart. The Bible 
Bible says to lift our hands in praise. The Bible says to shout our praise. The Bible says to jump and dance and spin around in praise. Clap your hands and sing at the, you know, the Bible says everything that has breath, praise the Lord. And if there is one key to life that is absolutely vital for us to live in, in our incredible relationship with God, but also to live in the plans and purposes for our lives, it is to learn how to praise God no matter what is going on around us. As you praise Him, He will lift you up. As you praise Him, He will show Himself strong. As you praise Him, healing can come into your physical body. As you praise Him, God can move in your finances and in your business life. As you praise Him, something happens on the inside and you become stronger than you were before. No wonder there's 150 chapters in the Bible called the Psalms, which are all songs of praise to our God. Um, I want to encourage you this week to spend time to praise God with everything in you. I'm sure it's really different at the moment. We're all in our lounges or, you know, wherever you are, perhaps you're on a, a phone or you're seeing it on your computer or on a TV screen. And it can be a little bit self-conscious with other people in the room. And, you know, but I want to encourage you to have a praise explosion. You know, to not be timid, to not hold back, to not be self-conscious. When we're here in an auditorium, which is empty at the moment, and the band's playing and the lights are happening and, you know, everyone's excited and hundreds of people going bananas, it's, you know, it's very easy to just get, you know, uh, completely caught up in the emotion of the event. But you know what? Praise is something from the heart. It's more than an emotion. It's more than just a, a crowd of people excited. It's saying, Lord Jesus... I give you my life, I praise you, and I declare you to be the great God Jehovah. You know what? These things are important that they come out of our mouths and that they come out of our hearts. Well, this is the tribe that he was born into. What a great tribe to be born into. Um, okay, so the next thing about him is that um, he prayed this incredible prayer. He prayed this incredible prayer. Because he'd been named something you know, from his parents' experience. So often people call things out of their own experience. You know, she said, you're a problem to me. You're a sorry apology of a problem to me. You caused me a problem. What a horrible weight to live under. And, you know, he'd begun life really on the wrong foot. <laughs> he'd begun life on the back foot. And he had to press in in order to see things change. I don't know how you started life or what circumstances you've experienced growing up, but all of us are like the rest of us. We need to press in to everything that God has for us. So what did he, um, he do? He started, he started really by praising God, but he began to pray. And there are four things that he prayed that we're just going to quickly go through this morning. And they can become everyday prayers for us. Okay, so the first thing he said this, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Now, this is in the Old Testament and he was under the law, which meant if I do this, then God does that. If I get it right, then I get the blessing. If I do it wrong, then I'm under the curse. That's what happened under the Old Testament. Now, thank God we're not under law anymore. We're under grace. 
We're in a brand new covenant, which the Bible says is a better covenant with far better promises. And we don't have to live in this performance that sort of says, oh, well, you know, if I get it right, then I can get something from God. But if I get it wrong, then God's going to take something away. That's not our covenant. And the Bible actually says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, that we have already been blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places and earthly favors. So that's a very powerful verse. So this isn't something that I would overly pray for myself. For, oh, that you would bless me indeed. But I would turn it round into something that's more of a thankful prayer that says, Father, I thank you that I'm blessed. And of course, we can then take it even further. Thank you, God, that I am blessed in order to bless other people. But it's so important that we identify with the blessing that we have. Um, you know, if I keep thinking I need to get blessed, then I'm always trying to get more from God. But if I understand, you know what? The King of Kings lives on the inside of me. I have his word. I have his name. I have his spirit. I have a relationship with him. He's already said everything good about me that can be said. And it's contained in the word of God, which is the Bible. And God has made so many promises to you and I um, as we come into his family, we come into the blessing. I'm not trying to get blessed, I am blessed. I'm not trying to persuade God to do something, he's already done it for me and he's already given me the promises. You know, there was something about him here, about this incredible prayer. He said, I want you to bless me and we understand that for us now, but he said, I want you to bless me. What's he saying? I don't want to be average. I don't just want to be like everybody else. I want to live in the blessing of God for my life, in my family, in my children, in my finances, in my business, in my Christian life. I don't just want to be average. I want to be in the fullness of that which God has for me. I really believe God wants us to break out of average. He wants us to break out of just being ordinary. I'm not talking about in our personality, but, you know, or something like that, and, you know, in the clothes we wear or whatever else. All that's great, and God can, you know, really provide for us. But it's about the quality of life on the inside. The Bible says God has given to us all things for life and for godliness as we know Him. Um, that, that's in 2 Peter chapter 1. A very powerful passage that says God has given to us everything to live life to the full. And as we say, thank you, God, for the blessing. Thank you, Lord, for empowering me to bless other people. It's a cry from the heart saying, God, I don't just want to live a low life. I want to live the abundant life. I don't just want to live an average life. I want to live a life that Jesus died in order to give me. I want to lay hold. You know, the Apostle Paul said this, I consider everything else as dung for the sake of the intimate relationship I have with God and the power that works in me. I'm struggling with that power so I can live in the fullness of it. That's a bit of a paraphrase there from Philippians chapter 3. But there's a quality and a power of life on the inside which I believe God wants us to lay hold of today. For Jabez, he was under the law and he had to say, God, I want to lay hold of it. But for us, we want to thank God that we have the abundant life of Christ on the inside of us. He goes on to the second part of his prayer and he says this, that you would enlarge my boundaries. 
that you would enlarge my boundaries. There's another promise in Isaiah 54 that says, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out, let them stretch out the curtains of your habitation. Strengthen your stakes, uh, you'll expand to the left and the right, all sorts of great things in there. And I just believe there's something in the heart of God about a spirit of increase, about enlarging. God doesn't want our lives to be a constant, a constant road of, of us being reduced. He wants us to enlarge. There's a spirit of increase that God has for us. These things are not just automatic, but I believe they are to be a passionate desire on the inside. God, I want to grow. We hear loads today about personal development, how to develop this, how to develop that, all, you know, the 350 keys to increase or whatever it is. But the greatest way to be enlarged is to cry out to God and say, God, I want to enlarge. Let him inspire us and speak to us on the inside. The greatest words of encouragement for enlargement are found in the Bible. Everything else of any worth gets it from the Bible anyway. So let's get into God's incredible word. His word, which is spirit and life, which is truth. His word gets into our soul. His word gets into our mind and helps us to enlarge. God loves this sort of confident prayer. God, I want to be bigger. God, I want to grow. God, I want to be stronger. And then we spend time with God saying, how do you want me to do this, Lord? What do you want to say to me? What things do I need to lay aside and what things do I need to embrace? For Jabez, he was saying, God, enlarge my territory. Perhaps that was a physical piece of land for him. But for us, it can be our influence. God, enlarge our influence in the world today. You know, enlarge our opportunities to be able to show the love of Christ. Enlarge us financially. Enlarge us in our, in our sphere of influence around us. These things are very, very powerful. I believe that it's on our heart and I, and I trust it's on your heart today to pray a prayer like this. God, make me more than I am today. Make me bigger. Enlarge my faith. Enlarge my prayer life. Enlarge my generosity. Enlarge my integrity. Enlarge my grace. Enlarge my vision. God, enlarge my territory. And you know what? God will take you at your word. And if you're passionate about it and you pray in faith, God's going to show you ways to increase in the coming weeks and months because our God is a God of increase. The third thing he prayed, he said this, he said that your hand would be upon me. The Bible is filled with examples of where it says the hand of the Lord came upon. The hand of the Lord came upon. And that was often an empowering. That was a time where people were able to do super uh, human things. Um, incredible things. The hand of God came upon Ezekiel and it took him out in a vision. The hand of God came upon Elijah. The hand of God came upon various people through the word of God. And they were able to do far more. But this isn't just speaking here about God empowering us to do more. It's actually a very powerful example here. It means that God's hand was open towards Jabez. God's hand was open. I'm so glad that we don't serve a tight-fisted God. God is not stingy. God is generous. He's not a closed hand God, he's an open hand God. 
God's hand is open towards us. I, you know, as I think about the hand of God, I really love to think about our names are inscribed on the palms of his hand. That means we're in his grasp, we're in his grip, not in a nasty way, but in a very powerful, you know, comforting way that, that I'm in his hands. I cannot be taken out of the hand of God when he's got hold of my life. That's a wonderful thing. But this is speaking about other things that are in God's hand. What is in God's hand? Healing is in God's hand. At a time of great need in our nation, there is healing in the hand of God. And Jabez was praying that your hand would be upon me, that your hand would be open to me, that healing would be my portion. And I pray now in Jesus' name, and I declare by his stripes, you were healed. The blood of Jesus Christ has provided supernatural and divine healing for the believer and healing for the world. So as we agree together now, perhaps you're struggling in your body, perhaps you've been affected by the crisis that we have. Come on, let's agree in Jesus' name. By his stripes, you were healed. There is healing in the hand of Jesus Christ. He laid his hands on them all and they were healed it says in the Bible he said stretch forth your hand and people were healed all sorts of incredible healing testimonies um, eyes opening ears opening you know the dead being raised the most amazing things come on at a time of great crisis let's see a time of great miracles in Jesus name what else is in the hand of Jesus what else is in the hand of God there's freedom in the hand of Jesus and the Bible says stand firm in your freedom and do not allow yourself to be under a yoke of oppression again. Friend, there is freedom in Jesus. There is freedom in our emotions. There's freedom in our spirit. There's freedom in our relationships. There's freedom in our finances. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. That is in the open hand of God. What else? There's abundance in every area of life. Not just finances. That's a very low form of prosperity, even though it's very important. But in the hand of God is prosperity that is, you know, the Bible says God makes rich and adds no sorrow. And that's in our spirit, uh, heart, that's in our heart and our relationship with God. That's in how we think. The Bible says that we're to have a prosperous soul, which is our mind, our will and our emotions. God wants us to prosper in our thought life and not be restricted. God wants us to prosper in every area of our lives, including financially. This is in the open hand of God. And he prayed, he said, oh God, that your hand would be upon me, that your hand would be open to me. And I want to thank God today that the hand of God is open towards you. God's hand is open into your situation. Why don't you believe that? And why don't you receive that right now for your particular circumstances? And the last thing that... He prayed, he prayed this, oh Lord, that you would free me, you would keep me free, you could keep me away from evil. As we found out at the beginning, his name means sorrow. And, you know, just horrible. Every time somebody called him, they said, oh, pain, come here. Pain, come here. Oh, sorrow, come over here. What a horrible way to be called. People didn't expect anything else from his life. He was going to be a loser. He was the embarrassment. But his heart was God that you would keep me from evil. Evil is not just doing drugs and, uh, you know, hurting other people. Evil really is anything outside of God's will for our lives. 
And he was saying, Lord, I want to stay on the straight and narrow. I want to stay with a great attitude. I want to stay with a great heart for God. I want to stay in great relationship with the church. I want to stay on fire for God. I want to stay passionate in love with God and in love with people and doing everything I can. Lord, keep me away from the things which will cause me to go off the path. You know, in the Old Testament, there's a man called Lot and he was Abram's cousin and um, he was there with Abram and they had to divide because of the land, couldn't support two sets of farmers really, um, you know, sheep. Um, and the herds, herdsmen were getting upset, all sorts of things going on. So they had to divide. And Abram gave Lot the best land. And it says, so Lot, he pitched his tent towards Sodom, which was a place of great evil at that time. And then the Bible says that he ended up in the gates of Sodom. And then he lived there and he was in the gates, which meant he had authority in Sodom. You know, it, it, it only began with he pitched his tent towards. It was a little diversion. Oh, just insignificant. It's only a little diversion. It doesn't really, it's only a little attitude. It's only a little, you know, word. It's only a little lie. It's only a little thing. It doesn't really matter. But you know what? Where you pitch your tent is where you're going to end up living. And I want to encourage you, you know, today, my friend, have the heart of Jabez. He said, keep me from evil. He said, keep me away from the things which are going to lead me astray, which are going to end up me having to dwell in a place I don't want to live. Evil's far more than the obvious things we talk about. It's how we trash talk other people. It's how we criticize people. You know what? You can be really beautiful on the outside and be really ugly on the inside. And the only answer to that is for the Holy Spirit to come in and to bring transformation on the inside. And I know there are areas in, in our life, in all of our lives, including my own, that I say, God, you've got to clean me up in that area. Lord, keep me from that. Lord, keep me. Keep me from evil. And um, I want to encourage you today, just like for this man, this incredible man, Jabez, he started by on fire for God, for praise and worship. Oh God, he was crying out to God. Lord, that you would keep me from evil. Lord, that you would enlarge my territory. Lord, that you would bless me. This was a passionate cry from his heart. And as we close today, let that prayer be your prayer. Let that prayer be my prayer this week that we're thanking God for the blessing, that we're enlarging our territory, that we're helping other people, that we are not being a problem to other people. He closed this prayer by saying that I don't cause other people pain. And you know what? God's word says we're blessed to be a blessing. And of course, I love to think how blessed I am. But if that's all I think about, that's a very selfish lifestyle. He said, that which has been done to me, I don't want other people to experience. So friend, as we have opportunity this week, let's do good to all. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says to treat other people the way you'd like them to treat you. The Bible says to love others like you love yourself. I mean, there's all sorts of verses about, you know what, it's not just about you. It's not just about me. It's not just about bless me, bless me, bless me. But it's Lord, how can I be a 
blessing to the people around them. It could be you do some shopping for somebody. It could be you help, I don't know, do some gardening for somebody. It could be it's just a text or a phone call, you know, to encourage somebody else in their time of need. But whatever it is, as we're led by the Holy Spirit, let's have this incredible heart of Jabez. Today, friends, you may have heard this and say, well, you know what, my life's just been full of sorrow, just been full of pain. Well, you know what, God wants to come in and turn it around. So, friend, today I want to encourage you to give your life to Jesus Christ. For me, I did that 35 years ago on October the 8th, 1984. You've probably heard me say that a hundred times. It was the turning point in my life that brought transformation from the inside out. You know, perhaps you say, well, you know, I'm, I'm just like this man. I've just had hardship. I've just had sorrow. I've just had pain or I've caused pain. Well, today, friend, is a new start. It's a new day when Almighty God, by His love and His power, can come into your life. The Bible says, for God so loved this world that He sent His only begotten Son. He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him would not perish but have eternal life. Another person asked the Lord Jesus in the Bible, how do I get eternal life? How do I get into the kingdom of God? And the Lord Jesus said, you must be born again. That's been in the Bible for 2,000 years. Largely forgotten, but it's there. You must be born again. That's when God comes in by the power of His Spirit where you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. You give Him your life and say, Jesus, from this point on, I want to live for you. Thank you for dying for me. In fact, how about we pray a prayer just now? It doesn't matter if you're in your lounge or in your car or you've got this on your computer or, or on your phone. Just out of your mouth, as I pray a line, how about you pray a line with me to make Jesus Christ Lord and enter into that eternal abundant life we've been hearing about today. You say this after me. Heavenly Father, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you sent your only begotten Son to die on a cross to give me life. I thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. I declare you to be my Lord and my Saviour and my friend. I turn away from the way I've lived. I ask you to come into my life to give me a brand new start. And by the help of your grace and your power, I will never be the same again. I thank you for your eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, friend, thank you so much for being online today and especially those who have, who have just prayed that prayer, perhaps for the first time, or you've just decided to give your life to God again. Perhaps you haven't really been, you know, in step with Him in the last few weeks, months or years. And, and, you know, today is a significant day of coming back to God. I want to encourage you this week, my friend, that God is for you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? So let's go out into the world, every opportunity we have to do good to other people and help make other people's lives great. Well, God bless you and I'll see you next week.